Welcome to Medified, a podcast about web dev and tech news that piqued my interest. I'm your host, Richard, and I'm looking forward to this episode. Today, I'm here to share with you the latest and greatest feature to hit Code Sandbox, native Docker support. That's right. You can now run anything on Code Sandbox with the native Docker support, meaning you can create sandboxes for any programming language. Now, I know some of you might be thinking, wait, didn't Code Sandbox start out as just a code editor for React applications? And yes, that's true. But since then, it has expanded its support up to the point where it supports everything that runs JavaScript. But now, they're taking it to the next level with Docker support. So, how does it work? Well, back in 2022, Code Sandbox made one of its biggest product decisions ever to introduce a new Code Sandbox experience with cloud sandboxes and repositories that run in micro VMs. This is a significant leap forward from the original sandboxing experience, which was executed in the browser's runtime. And this new change opened the door to new possibilities, like coding directly from VS Code and running servers and databases. And now, with the native Docker support, getting the local Docker config to work in Code Sandbox is as simple as creating a Docker file at the root of the Code Sandbox directory, and they'll just take care of the rest. You can even leverage this to build a powerful development environment and make it available to your whole team behind the URL. And the best part? Since your code is running within a container, you actually have root access. Behind the scenes, it's running a rootless Podman container for your user based on the Docker file in the Code Sandbox folder. So you can use tools like APT, but for long-term changes, we still recommend you put those in the Docker file. But wait, there's more. Because Docker now works out of the box in Code Sandbox, this also means that after setting up your project with Docker, anyone with the link can access it anytime to work on that pre-configured environment. Plus, if they fork it, they instantly get an exact copy of the development environment with all the tooling in place. Could this actually spell the end of it works on my machine? Maybe. But one thing is clear, whether you're a React Pro or a Docker newbie, Code Sandbox has got you covered. So, happy coding and keep on sandboxing. 2022 has been a wild ride for JavaScript, but that's probably something you already knew. So let's rather take a look at the results of the latest State of JS survey. It has received very close to 40,000 responses, which is almost double the last year's amount. And that's always great to see. In the last year, we've seen front-end frameworks like Solid and Quick challenging React's dominance. And on the server side, Astro, Remix, and Next.js, just to name a few, are making us rethink how much code we really need to ship to the client. The world of JavaScript and TypeScript is looking more vibrant than ever before, so let's take a look at a quick conclusion from Sarah Drasner. We saw a continuation of performance-led innovations in reactivity and hydration, with frameworks like Svelte taking on simplicity in developer ergonomics and leaning into the compiler, while Solid and Quick explored new approaches to reactivity. 
But it's not just the front-end frameworks that are seeing innovation. Solutions like Tori, Ionic, and Flutter are also allowing developers to create applications that can run on multiple platforms. Geographically speaking, it's not just the Western world that's driving innovation in the JavaScript space, as we're seeing globally distributed talent from countries like Nigeria and India having the highest developer growth on GitHub. There are also amazing projects like Segunda de Bios, Chakra UI, or Leah Thomas's Hopscotch. Now, some of you might be wondering what's going on with established frameworks like React, Angular, or Vue, as we have seen a drop in satisfaction. In conclusion, it seems that this decline is a function of these tools being battle-tested or finding the rough edges and experiencing the trade-offs every tool really has. It's a sign of maturity and a clear-eyed appreciation for what these tools can really offer. And I'm sure that these frameworks will continue to evolve and learn from the innovation happening in the space. A big shout-out goes to Veed for his resounding presence in the award section for the second year in a row. Build and Serve Tech is truly making massive strides, and we all benefit from this hard work. So, developers, buckle up and get ready for an exciting ride, because the world of JavaScript and TypeScript is more vibrant than ever. The latest release of React Native 0.71 is bringing some major changes to the TypeScript experience. First up, when you create a new React Native app using the CLI, it's now TypeScript by default. That's right. Instead of app.js, the starting point will be app.tsx, and your project will already be set up with a tsconfig.json file so that your IDE can help you write typed code right away. This version is also the first release with built-in TypeScript declarations. This means that instead of relying on the Types React Native library, the types will now be co-located with a React Native source, which means more visibility and ownership of the types. Plus, this change also removes a dependency for React Native users to manage when upgrading to this version or above. The React Native team also plans to deprecate the types library for versions 0.73 and onward, so make sure to migrate to the new co-located types at your earliest convenience. These changes are bound to make TypeScript experience with React Native even better, so let's raise a toast to that. Thanks for tuning in to Minified. If you like what I do, make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast and share it with your friends and colleagues. Catch you later.